Well, Ravens fans, welcome back to a Ravens recap. It's not the way we wanted to go out this year. It's not the way anybody wanted to go out this year. Fans, players, coaches. But uh, here we are, coming off a heartbreaking 17-3 loss to the Buffalo Bills this past Sunday. Guys, this is going to be a little bit different. Usually we like to organize these recap episodes around the offense, the defense, basically whichever position group played really well. I think in in the spirit of you know this week's game, I think what we're going to do is kind of uh, start this out with instead of the good, the bad, the ugly, we're going to go the ugly, the bad, and then the good. And try and vent a little bit first, get a lot of stuff that you know I'm sure all of us are have on our minds, and we'll we'll try to close out the episode on a lighter note to kind of lead us in the off season so we can get excited again. Who? Yeah, it's a shame that we're doing this after the divisional round again. But yeah, I think, you know, just grab a chair, you know, maybe grab a beer. You know, I think as a fan base, man, there were a lot of things that we're all frustrated about on Saturday night. I'm sure you all listening to this have tons of opinions. We have tons of opinions. We'll see what you guys agree with and disagree with. But I think just to start with, it's... I don't know. I don't know what to start with. What do you start with in a game like this where, at least I guess on the offense, just we thought the Ravens had a big mismatch that they could exploit and didn't really turn that way when the lights turned on? Well, it did, actually. I think it did start that way. The first drive was beautiful. We had back-to-back runs for first down, and then like the third run was for nine yards. And it was like, my God, it's happening. All the film that suggested there would be gaping holes is here. The house call is near. We are going to not even, we're not going to stop running. We're going to pass maybe once or twice and it'll be fine. And we're going to have those kinds of drives and it was going to be right to victory. And then it stopped because I think one of the biggest takeaways is the Ravens found a way to shoot themselves in the foot almost every single drive. And if you watched it, and I'm sure everyone here did, right? I'm not saying that you didn't. But, like, it was frustrating because all the bad plays were sprinkled perfectly to kill drives. They weren't all at once. They weren't back-to-back just to kill one drive. No. They had to be perfectly sprinkled. And that's what killed us, right? We went up and down the field enough times to win this game. We did it more than the Bills did. But it didn't matter. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> my biggest takeaway is just three points. Three points is all that came away from this game i mean that's <laughs> it's just it's sad it's frustrating it's just it's it's unacceptable right i mean you know you look at the last couple of weeks of the regular season the ravens are putting up 20 30 points easy i mean alec was joking for several weeks at 38 points like that was the score of the uh, every score predictions like ravens 38 points it's gonna happen and most of the time it did but three <laughs> points out of this playoff game is just unbelievable and I like, I think you're right in that, you know, a lot of it, I think were just bad plays at the exact wrong times. It didn't help that Tucker missed the two field goals, which were, you know, very uncharacteristic of him. Uh, but obviously the weather was a factor. So, you know, that contributed, but all the other drives too, where, you know, you didn't come away with points or, you know, the turnover, it's just all at the wrong time. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think when was the last time the Ravens only mustered three points in a game i have a good memory with with ravens games and i think it's been quite a bit i mean it's been i think it was since the flacco era lamar certainly didn't do that it was the flacco era but even then i think you have to go back a bit maybe not since 2015 even the 2015 season like there were a lot of games where the ravens put up points it was just the defense kept uh kept giving up scores and they had Justin Tucker. All he needed was one good drive. I mean, that's, that's true, yeah. <laughs> not, what is it, Acorn Park, whatever the heck it's called, and the wind's gusting. Because, I mean, let's be honest, right? Despite the fact that it was a miserable special, special teams performance by any record, it wasn't helped that the winds were so unpredictable. We saw that their special teams wasn't that great either. They also missed a field goal. They also were a little shaky. Their punts seemed okay. Um, we only had one bad punt. And it's like luck of the draw with the wind. It's hard to pin it on the Wolfpack. There's so many things that were not great, but the heavens didn't want us to win, right? Like <laughs> that's the best way I can put it. Because it's like it's like the New England game, man. 
where it monsooned at its heaviest on the last drive where we could have came back, right? It's just like, you can't control these things. And I understand that the Bills had to fight with the same wind. And I'm impressed that they did as well as they did. But don't, don't get it twisted, guys. Our offense managed to score three points. Their offense managed to score 10 points all game. No one expected that. Clearly, the win was bad, right? And if we had executed one drive, like they executed their one drive, boom, the score's tied. Or we win. So, like, everyone who's, like, mad as hell, I don't really understand why. Like, <laughs> we just got, like, a bad side of the coin flip almost. I'm not saying that we couldn't have executed well, and there's plenty of things I wish we did better, and we'll talk about it, but we were a heck of a, the game was really close for a long time, and there's a reason. We, neither team played well. Yeah, yeah, that's the frustrating thing. Before I get to that, I did want to say, I, I think I may have found the last time the Ravens scored three points in a game. <laughs> The 2008 season, I'm seeing that we lost to the Indianapolis Colts 3-31 to on week six. I think that's it. I think that's that's been it. So it's, it hasn't been since Joe Flacco's fifth start in the NFL that the Ravens only scored three <laughs> I was points. I say, 2008 is Flacco's first year. Good grief. <laughs> yeah, wow. I mean, it's any consolation. We made the AFC Championship game that year. So, you know, it wasn't a bad team, but I, even, even a team as good as that, you know, only put away three points that game. But uh, no, I mean, I like I hear what you're saying, man. Like, I feel like this is frustrating for different reasons, right? The the Tennessee game last year, I think, was frustrating from a level of like the Ravens just made like a lot of bad mistakes, and you know they they put up tons of yards, but there were like a ton of bad mistakes to put them in a bad position, and they could just never climb out of it. You know, this game, you know, they they got behind a little bit early, but I mean, it was so close. The defense was doing so good that. It was like, okay, guys, you just put a touchdown on the field and then we're back up. Like, it's it's not that hard. It's very achievable. You know, it really wasn't until the drive that knocked Lamar out of the game where it was like, there's not really anything left to do here because we don't have our main guy or our field general out here to be able to win the game for us. But, you know, it just it, it makes it all the more frustrating in a game. It's like, you know, Lamar was in for three quarters and we got three points. That's it. That's it. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah, and I think if you really look at this game and you really go into the nuts and bolts of it, granted, the Bills made mistakes as well, but there are just some mistakes that the Ravens made that you're just like, why did that even happen? Like, the one touchdown that the Bills did score, everyone saw that on the left side of the field, the Bills had had trips receivers bunched together, and the Ravens only had two corners lined up there. It was I, I haven't seen yet why a timeout wasn't called. I think that's one to that's you look at and you're just like, ah, that could have been fixed. And then talk about timeouts in the first half. The Ravens burned two early in the first quarter, and you're looking at how they had success on that drive in the two-minute offense. And if they had at least one more timeout, you think maybe there's a better chance you have there of, of scoring a touchdown. And then if you go into halftime with a 7-3 to three lead, even if Buffalo does still score that touchdown – coming out of the half, well, then Lamar doesn't have to force that throw on the subsequent drive because you can you can settle for a field goal there and still feel like you're not, the game isn't so out of reach. But yeah, it, it's, I, I do, I, I think frustration is warranted by the fan base. I mean, we're a passionate fan base. We hold this team to a high level because they've proven in the past that they can compete at a high level. But at the same time, like Alex said, a couple flips of the coin, and we're talking about how the Ravens eked out a close game in crappy weather in Buffalo. We're upset because we beat ourselves. You can't blame the Bills. They didn't play well either. But we played worse in critical ways. And it's not just the pick six. That one hurt, obviously. But it's the bad snaps. The just gaping holes on the right-hand side. Neither Tyre Phillips or Powers had a good game. And... It's like almost the worst pressure, right? The left side's dangerous because it's blind side pressure. The right side's bad because you know it's coming the whole time, right? And there were plenty of times that Lamar had an opportunity to get the ball out. He did get the ball out, but the throw was compromised. He missed Mark Andrews on the throw like that. He missed Hollywood Brown, which would have been a touchdown on that kind of play. And that was what was frustrating. And it's like, if the line held up, if Dobbins was able to get him because the line didn't hold up, that's a touchdown. That's a first down. And none of that happened. You had the bad snaps that flew over the head. And too many times Lamar tried to do a magician act. And he did it the first time. And I was like, 
wow, I was scared because he didn't just like fall on the ball. He try to pick it up and do something. And there's 300 pound guys get after him. And you can't ask him to pull a rabbit out of his hat that, that many times. A magician usually only has one, right? <laughs> like it's just too much to ask. We, we have put ourselves in such a terrible position and I feel worse for the defense. The defense played well enough to win. They actually played really, really well. They bent a ton, but they really didn't break. And I do tip my hat to that. They did. Are we allowed to talk about the defense yet, or are we still have to go through all the ugly and bad before we do that? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. We can do whatever. (laughs) It comes up naturally. (laughs) Oh, man. I don't know. I I was going to say, you know, there's some things you can fault the defense for, but then nothing's really coming to my mind right now with that. That wouldn't be nitpicking here. I mean, they didn't force a turnover. That would have helped. But at the same time, you know, they neutralized the rush game, including Josh Allen, who has been a very good rushing quarterback all this year and throughout his career. They only gave up a field goal on that drive when Sam Cook had the shank. That was critical. And, you know, they applied pressure throughout the game, only got a couple sacks, but, you know, they didn't give Allen the most time possible back there. And I guess in a way you can say that is part of the ugly because just like 2006, the Ravens wasted a a pristine game by their defense, especially in an era where uh, defenses aren't supposed to do that anymore and offense is supposed to rule. I was going to say that's another comparison to make this game all the more frustrating. That was a really really frustrating game too back back in 06. I argue the pass rush wasn't good enough. I understand what you're saying, Peter, but I, I wrote that down as one of my disappointments. I felt like they weren't getting there, and we got lucky a couple times that either the defensive backs made a play to negate the time that he had, or he misses the pass downfield because the wind catches it. And my takeaway was, this wasn't good enough for the Chiefs. Despite the defense playing well, I think with the amount of time that we gave Allen, it would not have worked out against the Chiefs. That makes you feel a little bit better. I don't know. I understand that you can't really like copy paste a performance from one game. Game plans will change. But that was one thing that made me feel a little bit better is I was thinking with my bold prediction, this would be the game that we really unleashed the pass rush. And I don't think it was really there. Not at the level it would make a difference and win the game for us. That's fair. Yeah, I guess my point there was that the pass rush did all it had to do for that night. You hold the Bills to 10 points, you should win that game. But I do agree that for a lot of the game, the Bills' offensive line looked very stout and was making the defensive linemen and the linebackers work to get every inch that they were back there in the backfield. I will slightly disagree. I think that absolutely... You need better pass rush to dominate the Chiefs. I do think it it would be interesting to see this defense get a second crack at the Chiefs. That's not going to happen, so there's really not much more point in dwelling on it. <laughs> um, but Ravens figured out one side of the ball on Saturday, as we're going to have to keep repeating, I guess. But at some point, they're going to have to figure out how's the best way to do a playoff offense with Lamar Jackson under center. Yeah, I think we should, you know, maybe next episode or one of the offseason episodes definitely we'll talk about the pass rush in terms of free agency and and the draft and all that stuff because uh yeah, I think it'd be interesting to you know to know like did franchising Judon and bringing in Ngakwe were those the right moves? Did they actually have an impact on the season or you know would have things have you know pretty much been the same if if we had not made those moves? It's an interesting thought experiment that we could have and in the off season, we have a little bit more time to to focus on the the next season. I mean, we did not win the Super Bowl. If we do not get better players on the team, we probably still don't win the Super Bowl. Therefore, yeah. <laughs> didn't make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> That's I mean, yeah, it's fair. But. No, I hear what you're saying though. I, I think it's really worth talking about. I am glad that we made. I was talking to the correspondent Kfish about this. I was glad that we tried. You know, we. We shot our shot, so to speak. We made, we tried to make the season the one. It didn't work out. 
But I do think it's how you need to play it. I'm curious how we go into the offseason. There's not that much cap to play with. We have a lot of guys we have to resign ourselves. And, yeah, I mean, I'll save it for those later episodes. Let's talk about this game. But I think Ravens fans need to realize, and I said I said this after the game with Coach Evans, all the pieces to win the Super Bowl were on the roster this year. We would have been caring as much as we did if we didn't think that. Would we had to have gotten a little bit lucky? Sure. But if you look back at 2012 and 2000, they got a little lucky, right? It, you don't win a Super Bowl by purely dominating that often. There's a little bit of luck in that experience. We didn't have it this year. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, certainly, you know, uh, and then for a couple different reasons, right? A big difference that could have been made during this game is like, you know, what if Ronnie Stanley was healthy? You know, we had him on the left side and we had Orlando Brown on the right side. I mean, I mean, it was a, it was a huge play. I mean, I, I think yeah. a lot of people have, have heard about or, you know, remember the sequence of plays that, like you brought up earlier, right? Of, of If Lamar gets an extra half a second in the pocket and doesn't have Jerry Hughes rushing uh, past him, blowing right by Dobbins, he makes that throw to Hollywood easy. He's wide open, touchdown. You don't even throw the pick at that point. The game's tied. Completely changed the game. Absolutely completely changed the game. And I would have had a lot more faith on, on Orlando Brown doing that because we've seen, you know, he's he's had such a good season just flipping over to the left side. But because we didn't have that third guy, you know, it's just it just didn't happen. That for me, I think was like one of the biggest frustrations in this game. It's just like the Bills defense, I think, was was by far the most surprising and probably I'd say arguably even better than the Ravens defensive unit on the field. Even though the Ravens defense played really well, the Bills just had a fantastic game plan. Uh, they'd mix in a lot of blitzing uh, to be able to limit the guys from rushing anywhere, basically any direction. They would do that. And they also have like some corner blitzes thrown in there to throw Lamar off to kind of push him off his spot. And they also just played really good coverage in the back end. And so not a whole lot of passes were completed. And, you know, it just it just really threw off the guys. And in particular, it just, you know, it seemed like it really threw off some of the guys on the O-line who just you know, sometimes like, you know, protection would shift and you have another blitzer go on the opposite side of protection. And it, it was just, it, it was really, it really frustrating, really frustrating to watch because, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you're just like, you know, I'm the, the bills can't be the first team to have done this before. And so it's just more of a question of like, you know, you know, why was it so surprising? Was it because we didn't have the guys? Was it because we didn't expect that the bills were going to do this? you know, was because of some other reason. I, I'm not sure what exactly that reason is, but more of those questions that now that we've, you know, lost this game and we have to kind of go on and just you're constantly thinking about this, I'm like, okay, what, you know, what do we need to do next year to be able to make sure that this doesn't happen again? Yeah, I think you're 100% right on all of that. Um, it's the same things we were wondering post the Titans game last year. And obviously the we've talked an abundance about how the response by the front office was, hey, uh, we got to go and shear up the defensive line and get run stuffing outside linebackers so that when we face Derrick Henry again in the playoffs, we hold him to 2.2 yards per carry. And that's what they did this year. I do think we need to, you know, as frustrated as we are that the Ravens didn't make the Super Bowl, acknowledge that beating the Titans in the playoffs this year means that, you know, that was a big success this year. Unfortunately, I think another part of the frustration that comes here with our fan base is last year when the Ravens were 14-2 and two on that 12-game winning streak. If we put ourselves back at that time, I mean, the reason that that loss was so frustrating was because it was to the Titans. And since the Ravens were beating everyone else, it really felt like the Chiefs were the only team standing in the way of the Ravens to get to the Super Bowl. Like everyone else, the Ravens could beat easily. And then when that turned out not to be the case, and then, you know, we've the Ravens obviously had some losses this year to some other teams not named the Chiefs, and in addition, another loss to the Chiefs, you know, it, we're kind of seeing that this team is a little, little more flawed and maybe not quite ready to be the top team in the NFL yet, and I think, you know, you, you, you come from the, uh, that expectation of this team being something that high and you don't have the payoff yet. I think that's what a lot of frustration is in the fan base 
at the moment and just wondering, okay, well, after the Titans game, it was obvious they needed to shore up the interior defensive line. Is there an obvious quick fix for this team right now? I don't know if we know that answer yet. I don't think there's a quick fix, Peter. I just kind of reject the statement. <laughs> like, I mean, shoot. I don't know. Like, are we better than the Chiefs? Probably not. Can we beat the Chiefs? Sure. I mean, the Browns nearly beat the Chiefs. Like, and I know that Mahomes got knocked out, but it was a decently close game before he did. And there's been some questionable calls. I don't know, man. Like, I think, like I said, the team was good enough to win. That's why we were excited. And then it didn't happen, and we're sad. And that's okay. But, like, are we ever going to be able to construct a team where we're like, we are clearly better than this team? There are almost no times, like, I mean, if you just look at the playoffs every year, that you're like, this team is clearly way better, mm. like, to the point of which they won't lose, right? Like, that's the whole, like, every given Sunday thing. I don't know. I, I get what yeah. you're saying. I just feel like there's a lot of variance in football and a lot of matchup-driven things. So, yeah. do I think we need to, like, focus on how we beat a team like the Chiefs? Yes. Because I think that's kind of where the NFL is going. If it's not the Chiefs, it'll be somebody else. It might be the Bills. It might be uh, the Browns, you know, like if the Browns continue to improve. But I think, I don't know where I'm getting at with this statement. I just think (laughs) there's a North Star for roster construction. And I think you just try your best to get the right guys to do that. And then just hope for a little bit of luck in the end. That's kind of my like, and I, I, I appreciate the fact that the Ravens are always in the conversation. And I think it's like a really difficult thing to do to be consistently good at football. Like, this organization gives us that. And, like, I don't know. We have to be grateful. I understand, like, you're frustrated because you can't get quite over the top. But lots of teams go through that. You know, it's not just us. (laughs) 31 other teams each year go through this. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I was mentioning you guys in our group chat earlier. Like, the in the moment, I had thought of, like, you know, this New Orleans Saints are a team like this where for the last five years or so, they've never gotten out of the divisional round. They, I mean, they haven't made the Super Bowl. They haven't won the Super Bowl since 2009, right? And Breeze has been around for, for almost forever. And, you know, every year they come out and they're like, oh, their roster's so good. Like, they're so deep. They've got, like, an amazing defense. They've got wide receivers. They've got an amazing offensive line. They've got Drew Breeze. Like, they should stomp everybody. And they never have made it out of the divisional round. They've lost to the Vikings on some of these freak plays. And they ended up losing the Bucks this past weekend. And so... You know, it's it's tough in the moment. I think to 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 be anything but frustrated because of the loss. But there is some context there. What Alex said of like winning in the NFL is hard. It's not something where you can just build a roster that's going to beat everybody every single week. It's really, 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 really hard to do. And even if you try to build a roster like that, you could end up like a team like the Saints, where they've got a really good roster, but next year. They're going to have like a hundred million over in the cap. That roster is going to be blown up. The Ravens are not in that position. Fortunately, they, they might have a little bit of cap room. It's not going to you know be so bad. And so, you know, in the grand scheme of things, like we're not in a bad position to, to, to be in for sure. And, uh, you know, unless you have a guy who's, you know, just like a, a freakish athlete, just a really, really fantastic player, like like Mahomes. I mean, Mahomes is a ridiculous player, and between him and and some of the other really star players that the Chiefs have, like I mean, they were able to make it in Mahomes' second year um, or third year, I guess. Um, but not all teams are like that. You know, there there are plenty of teams, there are plenty of players out there throughout history. Like they could be fantastic players, but you just don't have the pieces in place to be able to win a Super Bowl. And then you have a guy like Tom Brady who just wins six of them. It's just it's all over the place. Uh, The best that we can hope for, though, is is for you know some of the guys next year. I think to get healthy. The the biggest thing for me is like if Ronnie Stanley comes back and Orlando Brown's there, like that's the year because after next year, Orlando Brown's not going to be a Raven. Right, unless we re-sign him, because his four-year contract will be done. And so for me, it's like next year is like that's probably one of the first years to figure out like, okay, well, you know, we need to figure out are we gonna re-sign Orlando or are we gonna let him walk and we're gonna have somebody else? Because if we put Tyree Phillips out there again, like right now, I do not feel good about that. Unless Orlando Brown Jr. is like, I love Baltimore, I'm giving them a discount. I promise you, this man is gonna be one of the top paid left tackles in this league. I mean, he should. <laughs> 
right? I, like I it's love, super frustrating. The like he, there's he's, no way he's, he's the right the, tackle for us. <laughs> I love the guy. He's got the Baltimore connection. His dad played here. Like I know he cares about that a lot, but like he's a really good player. And somebody else, like if he wants the money, I think he should take it. Yeah, we're gonna have to find the guy. It's critical. Like this draft, in my opinion, if we spend our first pick on an offensive tackle, I wouldn't even be mad because <laughs> it's one of those things where. We got to start developing the depth. I don't even know where we're going to find it because they're so hard to find. The Ravens are actually a really difficult spot. They have the 27th overall pick. Uh, not to get into like draft stuff. We'll talk about it later. But it's like, uh, you got to develop your own guys, guys. Like, I, I hope you don't think we're going to magically fix it in the offseason. I don't think we will. You got to develop your own guys. Man, we went off on such a tangent. That's that probably one of the frustrations. my fault for putting in a loaded response there. But. It's okay. That's the problem with this year, too. That's the problem with this year, too. <laughs> <laughs> Our guys didn't develop. I'm serious. Yeah. Right? Like, we all wanted these jumps. Last year to this year, there was a lot of young players. We were like, they're going to make a jump. None of them jumped enough. I think Marquise Hollywood Brown had the biggest jump. It didn't come until halfway through the season, and it wasn't even the jump we wanted. Right? So... I think no one made a jump. I'm really trying hard to think of all the players on our team. I think no one jumped. Everyone say the same. Maybe uh, uh, Deshaun I, I, I Elliott. Think, uh, Sean Elliott, Elliott was I the jump. Elliott, I think, made a jump. Um, Bowser, I think, made a jump. But I mean, maybe, maybe it wasn't what you expected. Mm. Bowser, I think, made a jump too. I think those are the two jumps. Good, the, good call. Those are the two jumps. I mean, Edwards, Edwards made a jump. I think Edwards made but a what, jump. But what, I mean, what, what was this yeah. impactful for the for overall team performance? Like maybe right, in the exactly. regular like, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I. This is an interesting topic. It's maybe better suited for our season recap episode. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing about it. It's like you're throwing out players, and like Elliot, I can completely give you. But I think we could have a healthy discussion. Uh, pro or or yay or nay against did Bowser really make that significant of of a a leap this year and and yeah i think you, you, you guys are hitting on a great point which is that this team we were expecting them to move forward this year and there was kind of a lot of treading water <laughs> so it's yeah i think you're gonna they're gonna have a, the coaches are gonna have a lot to look at in the off season is like okay why did that happen what could have gone better um you know you can blame the the crazy off season with with covid protocols and and less time in camps but i mean josh allen made a world of of improvement from 2019 to 2020 so i mean you know some teams were able to figure it out so yeah definitely if the ravens want to go further than they did this past season in the playoffs some of those players that we were expecting to make bigger leaps this year are are going to have to have really strong off seasons yeah well let's i mean let's do that we'll, we'll do we'll do a, we should do a future episode on that stuff because that's That'll be a, a whole 60 minutes or something of, of talking about that stuff. But I, I did want to go back to the game a little bit. So um, there was one, a game. I thought we were not talking about that stupid thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I've got like, I've got like maybe like one, maybe like one more bad thing that I'll talk about. And then we can maybe move on to some other stuff. Um, Cause I did want to move on to some other stuff, but uh, another thing that was maybe a little bit frustrating with this game were the, just the amount of drops, just not being able to complete a lot of passes. Um, look at it, some of them. Man, I know Dobbins had a handful of drops. He did have a one pretty good catch along the sideline. He was able to pick up some yak on, and, and that was nice. But there were some two drops that he had that kind of just were really back backbreaking, just in bad times. And you know, even a guy like Mark Andrews, who you know we've we've called on this podcast like Mister Two Minute Offense, he was four for eleven. I mean, yikes. I was just not 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 a great performance from him. And I mean, I, I don't blame him too much for the dropped pass, touchdown pass from Huntley, because even if he had caught that, we'd still have been down a touchdown. And with Huntley in the game, like I, I don't know what, whether we would have been able to catch that or not. Um it's a tough grab to make regardless. But you know, I guess I guess my point with this is just like, you know, even some of the guys who we had relied on in the regular season just weren't able to step up in this game. And, and, and that was also frustrating because, you know, it's just the Ravens offense for, for being so reliable in the regular season. Like at some points, some of these guys were not reliable. You know, Tucker was not reliable. Sam Cook was not reliable. Mark Andrews was not reliable this game. Dobbins maybe not was reliable this game. And uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, was was there anything in particular that jumped out to you guys as to, you know, maybe what the Bills were doing or what our guys weren't doing? Well, one thing I want to say is, like, I kind of feel like, you know, we should write a bad uh, Amazon review or something because I feel like we were sold one product with Tremaine Edmonds and told that this was a guy that the Ravens would have no issues passing the ball against and just like guy had a monster game it was just like anytime something was happening it was Edmonds was was you know involved with it so that was one thing that was surprising and I think just another thing that was surprising I guess it's a testament to how well the Bills prepared was just how quickly they were able to to neutralize the run game I, I wasn't too shocked that Lamar was having troubles as we talked about the Bills did do a good job of stopping Lamar in 2019 and even though they did lose a lot of players from that game as we talked with CJ in the preview episode they still had a lot of coaches in the building who were around then they knew what schemes they were going to do they knew what worked as far as that but you know we were sold that the Ravens would would be able to run to the off tackle and to the outside all day and that they'd be able to to get the underneath pass with Mark Andrews and Willie Sneed all day. And the Bills took that away, and then the Ravens didn't have an answer. Well, as you know, Peter, the Ravens just really need a number one wide receiver. If only Allen Robinson was on the team, we'd be winning the Super Bowl. Allen Robinson is the magical key that all teams need to win the Super Bowl. No one's going to win the Super Bowl this year because Allen Robinson is was wasted <laughs> with the arm talent of Mitchell Chugrisky and Nick Foles. That's the only thing that can neutralize Allen Robinson. And the only way you don't get to the Super Bowl if you have Allen Robinson is if he's on the Bears. I mean, all getting aside, like, a number one receiver hurts no team. Like, see what it did to the Bills this year. But, you know, uh, I think Chris brings up a good point. My main man, J.K. Dobbins, you know, he dropped some balls. He missed a block or two. Wasn't the best game. A lot of Ravens can say that. Wasn't their best game. I don't know if anyone had their best game. Maybe Matabuke. <laughs> but man, I think that was last week. No one had their best game. And uh, you don't win in those situations. Seldom you look at a game and you're like, no one had their best game. And you win. That's yeah. not how it works. Yeah, it's it's frustrating. You know, it's it's one of those things too. I, I know players often will say like, you know, when the season's over, they'll say stuff like, you know, we put it all out in the field and, you know, looking forward to next year and like proud of my guys and a hundred percent agree with, you know, with all that stuff. Like you want to end on a positive note. You want to, the, the journey was crazy this year. I mean, we had that slump guys. I mean, all of us remember where we lost several games in a row and we're like, we need to win out in order to make the playoffs. And we were able to do it. And then win a playoff game, like maybe in a couple months, like maybe that might be worth something. Maybe we'll remember that. Um, I'm sure the players do and you know I'm sure that they'll take that to heart because for them it was just it was an insane season just different from anything than than the NFL has ever seen before but uh yeah with with what you said Alec of just like not everybody having their best game like that's that's the one like I, I take a little issue with I'm like I don't think anybody on the Ravens would say that they put it all out on the field I, I really don't I really don't think that as a fan I don't think that they did because I've seen it, you know, we've seen these guys play better. We've seen them execute better and not just in, in games that they've just run over people like, you know, for the Cowboys game, for example, like they just ran over that team. Just, it was just the way it is. Like the Cowboys had no business being in that game whatsoever, but they played in close games. That game against the Browns was super close. That was definitely not a, a gimme game whatsoever. And they came out of that despite like not playing well for most of the game, they were some way, you know, they were able to come away with a win. And for this game, it was just like, they couldn't find anything, <laughs> you know? And it's gosh, it's like, I, I don't, I don't know what exact reasons for it were, but it's just like, it's frustrating. But going back to the number one though, before to go to, to, to let's, let's take it back a little bit from, from all the ugly stuff. Let's go, let's go to more positive stuff. Right. We we should talk about Alan Robinson later. I think that could be that could be a short. That could be an episode. Whatever we we can talk about whatever we're <laughs> seeing. Alan Robinson episode. Oh my god. <laughs> we, can, we, we, can, we can talk about that later. But but two things. Two things. Right. One thing is like, I don't want some fans to think that that to think that there is a hole that we need a one because I don't know about you guys, 
But I said this last week, and I'm going to continue saying that this week. Hollywood Brown, he's got his nickname back. And I think he's got a new one. I saw this on Reddit the other day. Winter Soldier. <laughs> right? Because he shows up in the winter, in the playoffs. All right? This is his third game in a row. I mean, not in a row, but like third playoff game in a row where he has showed up and been a significant impact on the offense. What Even when everything else is not going so well, he has an impact. Now, sadly, it wasn't a big enough impact to win the game, but he's like there is something to be said about that. And I think that he is going to have to be a key piece if the Ravens want to go and make some noise in the playoffs next year and the year following that. He's going to have to be one of the guys to rely on. And I think at this point, like he has enough film to say, like, yes, we can put the ball in his hands more. Maybe he didn't show up in the regular season, but by God, man, he's going to show up in the playoffs, and that's the most important time to show up. So I don't even know if we need number one. But if we could just have another guy, complimentary piece, who could be significant enough to you know, let Hollywood have some more one-on-one matchups, I'm about that. 100% agree with everything you've said, and I'm really glad we, we brought this up because I respect that the Ravens they can get better on this roster. I mean, you can always get better because any roster is never going to have every single best player in the league on it. You just can't do that from a salary <laughs> right. cap perspective. It's it's impossible. Like, <laughs> I don't even know how the Chiefs have Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill on, on the same roster. That's just, that doesn't happen. But they have no running back. That's the trade-off. Um, <laughs> and they use a first-round pickle one. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. He might develop, but uh, yeah, we'll... That's not this, today's topic. Um, <laughs> yeah. I really believe that the next Ravens team that's going to be in the Super Bowl is going to have Lamar Jackson, Hollywood Brown, Mark Andrews, and J.K. Dobbins as part of the starting lineup. What additional help do those guys need beyond what's on the roster? I don't know. Do you need Duvernay and Boykin to develop to take the load <sighs> off some of these guys? Um, do they need to sign a vet free agent or two as one of the skill positions. I don't know, but the Ravens have invested a lot of draft capital in these guys. And all four of these guys were highly touted coming out of college. They were, you know, given high, high grades when the Ravens drafted them and they've all shown a lot of promise, but you know, they're, they're all still young. None of those, those four guys have played more than three full seasons in the NFL. So of course there's going to still be some, some inconsistencies in their games. I think that just the question is what more do the Ravens need to do is, is it all fine? Is the coaching staff fine? And it's just, we got to just wait for these guys to develop a little more or, you know, is another vet piece or another coach going to be what they need. But I mean, yeah, like some of the reactions you're seeing from some of the fans, I respect others opinions like the, the idea that we need to just blow everything up and Hollywood Brown is most certainly a, a number three receiver and Mark Andrews can never catch a pass in a big game. Some of those are just overreactions and like, you know, we got it. We don't need to blow everything up. There's a lot of good here with the base. <laughs> I think half the fan base wants to fire one or more coaches. I, I love that. It's so funny to me because like, you know, Greg Roman was out there snapping the ball poorly. Um, <laughs> and you know, stuff like that. I, it just drives me nuts. I, I'm not saying if, if Greg Robin leaves, if he is cut from the Ravens, I won't cry in the corner. I I I also won't cry in the corner if they don't cut him. I'm kind of indifferent about it. Uh, but that's probably another topic. But man, Peter, I think you said it so well. I think having Duvernay not a part of the offense yesterday or Saturday, whatever day it was, was the greatest crime that was committed by Greg Roman because I think that kid is possibly the answer. Is he the answer right now? Well, clearly not, but I think if they kept throwing the ball his way, they kept having him take snaps. It might be the case, but I think he only had six snaps all game. That ain't going to cut it. That's not what I'm talking about. And I think that's kind of what's frustrating is that everybody here wants the next great wide receiver to compliment your one a your one B with Hollywood Brown. But I'd be damned if the uh, coaches allow for that to happen. And that actually be the thing I'm most frustrated with is 
I understand they see practice, and we don't. So it's really difficult to say these things as if we know anything better than they do. But I'll say this. If you need somebody to step up, I would highlight one of those players every week. Clearly, you can't do this in the in the playoffs, but I would have done it in the regular season and said, like, it's Boykin's week. It's DuVernay's week. Somebody needs to step up and be the next guy, and we're going to give you an unbelievable amount of snaps to make it happen. And they just don't. They give them all, like, five snaps, and none of them do anything. It's super frustrating. And Willie Sneed, I'm going to miss you. I hope that you come back in a really cheap deal, but if this is the last time we get to talk about Willie Sneed, that's sad because I like that kid. (sighs) (laughs) Yeah, he's like our age. He's literally our age. (laughs) Jeez, isn't that weird? Um, Now, yeah, I mean, I think at the root of it, Alec, like, I I think, uh, you know, I think Marquise Brown said this. He was like, you know, we need more balance on offense, right? Having the number one rushing attack in the league is like, that's a, I mean, it's awesome. But, you know, on the other hand, it's just like, you just feel like in some games, it's like, look, if we can't rely on the run game to, to get 200, 300 yards a game, there's some games that we just need to throw the ball more. And if we're just not giving these guys significant game time snaps, it's going to be hard for some of those guys to adapt and not just the receivers, but you know, the O-line like, you know, they have to pass block. They have to be able to recognize some of these blitzes, not push guys off the ball. You know, the quarterback has to be able to recognize these things and make adjustments. And receivers obviously need to figure out how to do this stuff. I think moving forward, we just need to, find a way to maybe incorporate more to the passing game and just figure out like, you know, maybe we don't need to rush the ball as much as we were in the past. Like maybe we'll add like 10 more snaps to the pass game instead of the rush game. I mean, we could still have a really efficient rush game. Like we don't have to, we don't have to get yards through volume. Right. I mean, the Ravens rushing attack this year, I think was, was almost better than last year in terms of yards per carry. Um, guys like you know Dobbins ended up with six yards of carry. It's not like he had volume, and so yeah, I think that's the big thing. Is it's just like we know we have weapons on the side of the ball, and we, we want to see them be used, but they they need more than just practice time because I I don't think that's enough. We're we're seeing in some of these games where you know the rushing isn't going so well that we're struggling. I don't know if that's a coincidence. The Ravens have the second best offense. I guess overall is the best way to put it. But essentially, like in the regular season, they're like the second most efficient offense in the NFL. And then in the postseason, they're one of the worst. <laughs> like over the last two years, one of the most inefficient teams on plays. And that, that'll kill you. I think the one thing I want to take away from this game is kind of what you said, Chris. I think the personnel we have, a.k.a having Lamar Jackson and two good running backs, we are going to be inherently good at running the football. Like we would have to try really hard not to have one of the best running attacks in the league. So I think we need to work our butts off and spend almost every waking moment, cap dollar, etc., on trying to fix the passing game, right? Be it bring in a free agent, be it draft capital, be it, focus just intention i mean if you have those two guys back there edwards if we sign him to a restricted free agent deal like you're gonna run like the offensive line's good enough you like the offensive line you know can run block for days it's there it's done i don't think we need to worry about it <laughs> i think it all comes down to this guys every single flaw the ravens had this year was exposed in this game. And that's why I think why we're talking about all the things we need to fix going into next year is because the reasons we lost this game were all the flaws we've seen all year long in one nice summary. (laughs) Oh, 100%. I mean, you had the inability to get the passing game going consistently when you're down by a big lead, uh, lack of consistent pass rush, lack of multiple turnovers, Lack of not throwing into to Mark Andrews in triple and quadruple coverage when clearly other wide receivers are open. You know, <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's just everything we talked about this year, like you said. And you know, there's a there's a reason as fans why we complain about these things week in and week out because we know if they're not fixed, then at some point they're they're going to do you in. I think we already talked about Hollywood as a positive. I think the other young guy who showed some good 
game film, this game, was Justin Matabuke. It's their second week in a row bringing up this kid. I understand he had a flopping the passer call to him, <laughs> but I think if you look at his film otherwise, he got some pressure events. He blew up some plays. The kid can play. So I'm really happy to see his progression. And I think going forward, he's exactly what this team needs because Wolf is a free agent. Williams is a option to be cut for cap reasons, if we're so inclined. I'm not commenting I think it's a good idea. I'm saying it's an idea. Campbell's not getting any younger. So I think it's critical that he continues to make a step. And I'm glad to see that he started making it near the end of the year here because I'll tell you guys right now, everyone who wants to just draft defensive line to fix the problem, you have to do that a couple years ago. They almost seldom come in. Particularly at pick 27, forget about it. Like, they don't come in the first year and make that big of an impact. Yeah, I mean, Matabuke is, we've talked about it, you know, in the weeks leading up to the playoffs. He's really turned on and is looking like the young interior lineman that you want to build the future Ravens defense around, uh, like Brandon Williams was when the Ravens drafted him and he was showing promises to run stuffer alongside Haloti Nada early in his career. Excellent find there by the front office. And yeah, I think we're going to be seeing big things from, from Matabuke coming forward. I think another like positive takeaway, I, I don't, I don't know if it's unexpected, but uh, I do think that the Ravens secondary played very well, all things considered to be able to limit some of the guys. Now I know Diggs had, over 100 yards and you know he was obviously a contributor he had a couple of catches which continued some drives but he didn't have any breakaway balls i think and i think part of that was because of the wind but i think the guys did have some pretty sticky coverage it didn't matter who was on him if it was jimmy smith or marlon humphrey or marcus peters all three of those guys would play on digs and for the most part he was kind of kept in check now i think what may have been even more significant was that cole beasley basically did nothing he was a non-factor no he didn't basically do nothing he literally did nothing he was a dart throw my dfs lineup and he got me a zero (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i i would love to you know actually i won't say this i don't i would not love to rewatch the game but if i did um (laughs) that would be the thing that i would look for because i know obviously you know the ravens have three good corners and they're really good outside corners but the nickel guy we've always relied on Tavon young and he's always hurt so kind of have to put things together but Cole Beasley is a really good slot receiver and to be able to hold him to nothing when we know that the whim is a factor and obviously Allen was not going to throw it deep all the time I think that's something to be proud of you're right Chris Diggs had a game we all saw it we saw the touchdown I think John Brown had a sneaky game I'm looking back at the box score eight yeah. catches for 62 yards it's kind of a surprise I, I didn't really notice it as much I felt like Diggs was the one who really got us a couple times maybe they went to digs in bigger situations than the john brown but to your point i was gonna say i think every single corner did a good job i think it's unfortunate that you have uh Tremont williams on digs at that one play oh, i mean that's yeah. just a mistake right like you literally have four better corners and they have the best wide receiver in the nfl and you're like this one <laughs> like <laughs> come on man <laughs> What are you doing? You know, yeah, I, it's it's a little hard to nitpick on that just because we know the offense wasn't very good. But yeah, between that play and then the the touchdown, it was like, none of you guys saw that? Like, we, we were marveling at Clark, Chuck Clark last year for the game against the Bills where they had 12 guys on the field and they weren't aligned and he stood behind Josh Allen. And we were all <laughs> right. like, ah, oh, big brain play. You know, he's playing 4D chess. Everybody else is out here playing checkers. <laughs> But it's like Clark was, you can see the replay. Like he's looking over there and like, he didn't point it like Clark, where were you? Come on. You should have thrown Peters over there. (laughs) Oof. Yeah. That was just one of those games where just you made one mistake and, and that was it. But yeah, I think you also have to, let's go also give credit to, to Jimmy Smith's play in the game. Like he battled injuries that kept him out for a bit in the regular season to come back and, he was shut down against Tennessee, continued that against Buffalo. Uh, makes you feel good about the that one-year deal he signed to come back in the case that 
you know, maybe Young isn't ready to go or if there's a Peters is cap casualty or something like that. Or even if, even if all those guys are still here, you know, it's always still great to have your fourth cornerback be someone of, of Jimmy Smith's caliber. I hope so, man. I hope it, I hope it would all be worth it. You know, for a guy like that, if like he could have easily went on IR and just not come back, but they were like, Nope, we're going to have you for the playoffs. And he did, you know, he showed up in the playoffs. He played pretty well. Didn't have any injuries. Uh, I think it was only Marcus Peters was on the injury report. I don't even think Jimmy Smith was on the injury report this week. So maybe maybe one year we'll finally we'll get him, and he'll be able to go throughout the whole playoff run. And you know it won't end in the divisional round. We'll see. I think one other silver lining that we need to look at for this year is you know if the Ravens had won the Super Bowl, then we know that unfortunately because COVID isn't magically going to go away in just a month. There wouldn't have been a of, you know, big celebration here, but, you know, hopefully by this time next year, we'll be in a much better place there, and the Ravens will be in a much better position to go deep in the playoffs, and we can go back to, you know, pouring money down the drain, getting expensive seats to watch the Ravens in the playoffs, and, you know, hopefully attend a Super Bowl parade. I don't know, man. I think I think if the Bill, I think if the Bills win, there's going to be a parade. There's going to be so many people going out in the streets and being like, "We wanted to do this forever, Cuomo. I, you can't yeah. keep us bound." <laughs> so I mean, I was I was I was hypothetically saying us, like the three of us here. I do know, you know, whoever wins. You saw that with the with the Lakers in, in L.A. That there was a giant yeah. <laughs> mob sure. in the streets for that one. But <laughs> it's funny because. I was talking about it with my mom. She said she listened to the show, and it was after we, this conversation was after we lost. She's like, "Ever since CJ said that we wouldn't be able to celebrate together, I felt like he jinxed us." And I was like, "Yeah, I'll be honest. Now that it's past us, me too." The second he said that, I was like, "Man, if they're gonna shoot their shot, I'd rather be next year." <laughs> And I can't believe I got that in my head because now it only is next year. But I was the second he said that, I was like. Yeah, it wouldn't be that cool to win it this year. If we could only win it once, I would want it to be next year. And that bad mojo in my head might have cost us everything. It wasn't the box set thoughts. It was the thoughts of us winning it next year would be better. <laughs> oh, man, I forgot I forgot about the box set. <laughs> I knew you were talking about the box set too early. <laughs> Although, I will say what Alec was, was talking about, like, I did have that in the back of my mind the whole time watching both playoff games. And the whole time, when the Ravens were still in the game watched with against the Bills, I was just thinking in the back of my head, man, like, if they do it this year, this is the disc that everyone's going to skip. Like, <laughs> you're not going to give this one a spin at all. This game's just so ugly. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but one more thing on the, on the, on the, um, the superstition path. Next year, everyone just get a damn haircut whenever you do. Because I think, you know, last year I didn't get my haircut because I thought that that was going to cause the Ravens to lose. This year, Alec didn't get his haircut. <laughs> Clearly, the problem is that we're too uptight about when the hell we're getting a haircut in relation to the Ravens and their win streak. So just everyone just get your haircut whenever and we'll be fine. You guys don't have to worry about me. I, I love to get my haircut. So I'm going to do it whenever I want. <laughs> So what we learn as a fan base is get your hair cut frequently. Every week if you have to. <laughs> <laughs> Every week. <laughs> All right, whoa. All right. If the Ravens win a Super Bowl by me purely getting a haircut every week, not only will it look fly as hell every single day, but I'll do it. Oh, man. My sacrifice. We've been recording too long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Good grief. Looking through my notes to see if anything else pops out. No, that's a wrap. <laughs> uh, but we forgot to fire Greg Roman. I think uh, sort of breaking news is that uh, Mark Ingram's officially going to be cut. Oh, is that right? K-Fish, uh, K-Fish sent it. He uh, tweeted out something where he was like, thank you, Steve Bishotti and the Ravens. I mean, RG3 said it today, too. He's donezo. Ingram, everyone saw the writing on the wall. We knew how the contract was constructed they even talked about it like the reason he wasn't playing is so he didn't get hurt and they couldn't do it <laughs> so ah man i would love to have that guy on the team for no other reason than as a uh hype man you can't get any better than him yeah but he wants to get on the field i understand that yeah i think <laughs> i think he'll do great i think someone was asking me is he done no 
I think he's a second running back on almost any NFL team and a good one at that. But uh, not on the Ravens. We're a, a special bunch. Right. Yeah, I think he just needed – I think that injury was more severe than than we thought. And, you know, if he comes – if he didn't have that, I think he, there's a huge chance that he was a bigger contributor on this team. But there was just no reason to give him carries when he had Dobbins and Edwards pounding away like that. But we've talked about that a ton. That's not a surprise to anyone. RG3 gone as well. Not a surprise now that we have Mr. Preseason, Huntley. Like I said in the chat, he's going to single-handedly save the NFL preseason. <laughs> I know you're joking around, but honestly, like he's going to make it exciting. Like we, you know, we all thought Trace McSorley was exciting, and he is. I mean, he's an exciting player. He was uh, pretty good when he he stepped in in that Pittsburgh game. But like Huntley, after seeing him, I don't know. He's pretty good. I mean, in that in that first Browns game when he when he came in for the first time, not so good. But this game against the Bills, I mean, he showed something. If the win wasn't as much of a factor, he might have made that pass to Brown. And then they would have kept it in the game. Guys, I'm just sad now about Mark Ingram. What I don't know if any player... Let, let's talk about this to end the show. I think this is a great topic. Was there any player that's played for the Ravens for a single year, essentially, and was more loved than Mark Ingram? Justin Forsett. Justin Forsett uh, I, I had a pretty big uh, following of the fan base in 2014, I think. That's fair, Chris. Do you have anybody? Oh gosh, I'd have to. I'd have to go back a little bit. I mean, Trent Dilfer. I still meet some <laughs> Ravens fans who still think That's the true. Ravens would have won four Super Bowls in a row if they hadn't released Trent Dilfer. <laughs> Shannon Sharp. Does he count? Was it only one year? It was two. I mean, it was like two. It was like two. Yeah. I mean, it was two for Ingram too. But I think you yeah, know. I think fair. I think two is a good way because I mean, like two is not that much more than one. So. <laughs> Well, I mean, Ingram was here for two years. It's just like yeah. last year was what made everyone love him. Not right. Really and the same thing with Forsett. Like he had, I guess Forsett was here for a little bit of 2016, but he only played like three games before they cut him. But yeah, I mean, 2014 was when he had his, his big year and then fell off a cliff after that, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Really great guy. Yeah. Shannon Sharp, maybe my only comparison. I mean, it could be Calais if he... Yeah, depending on what happens with him. But. That's true. If Calais is uh, able to win a ring next year, I think we'll all love him forever because I liked him this year. I think he's one of the greatest guys when he talks. I loved his Wired last week, and uh, I'm happy that he's maybe ending his career as a Raven because what a class act in this league. Yeah, he's a good dude, but Mark Ingram is probably at the top of that list for sure. I mean, he made an impact day one. It was a, you know, a, a really, you know, awesome person. And just, you know, he made that year fun. You know, he gave the, he gave the team their, their swagger. He made them fun. Um, there's so many great memories from that year and, and of, and of Ingram. So yeah, he'll, he'll definitely be missed. I think so. I think that puts a wrap on the 2020 season for the Baltimore Ravens, unfortunately ending earlier than we wanted it to. It's going to happen more years than we wanted to say, guys. I mean, shoot, I hope we do this podcast into perpetuity, essentially, and uh, we're going to end many years exactly like this. <laughs> it's tough, man. One one stat that I looked at, just to, to leave this, um, again, who knows what the potential is for Lamar, but do you know how many quarterbacks have won more than two Super Bowls in NFL history. More two two or more or more than two. Well, you can give both. You can give who's how many have won multiple Super Bowls, but then only a third of that number have won more than two. That's higher than I would have thought. Huh. I would have thought that it's only like five people who've won it who've won at least two. Yeah. Yeah, so it's actually 12 who've won at least two. We've got Bart Starr, Roger Stallback, Brian Greasy, Jim Plunkett, John Elway, Ben Roethlisberger, and both the Mannings. And then Troy Aikman, Terry Bradshaw, Joe Montana, and Tom Brady are the only who have, who have ones who have won so three or more. Yep. Huh. With that being said, guys, come on. We, can, we literally, what are the odds of the Ravens going for like the next however many years we do this podcast and we don't end on a sad <laughs> note? Like it's just not going to just, it's, 
unrealistic expectations. Okay, we we made the playoffs. We won a playoff game. That's always good. It's not always going to be a happy ending, but we get to come back and do it next year. I think if this podcast sees two Super Bowls, that'd be the biggest blessing to the whole fan base. Because think about it, unless we win them back to back, that means the show went on for like ten years. <laughs> like <laughs> it's hard to win a Super Bowl, man. That's right. Oh man. Do you want to put a plug in when people might hear from us again? Of course. Yeah, it's a good topic. So thank you so much for listening to the show this year. We're not done, obviously. We just talked about how we want this to go into perpetuity. We're excited to say that, you know, we have more content for you all offseason. We've alluded to it this show. There's a lot of things we want to talk about this offseason. Lots of things to look into. We're definitely going to do our... Uh, Day of the division episode post draft we'll do our draft analysis we'll do free agent analysis probably try to keep it at least twice a month that's kind of what we did last off season we're not going to just put out shows for the heck of it but we'll come out when there's something we want to talk about so probably expect a show from us next week or two weeks from now and yeah we'll be going on off season you know where to find us ravens underscore recap on twitter feedback at ravensrecap.com email us we'd love to get your thoughts on the show appreciate all the new followers and people talking to us on twitter keep it up and here's to a better 2021 raven season i think we can do it keep the trust whoop whoop